Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Tigers and 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast where we bring you breaking news and interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and influencers from football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Now, let's get to the episode. Welcome back to Go Tigers 247's Off the Boards. This is Kenny Stubblefield, lead digital content creator for Go Tigers 247. I'm excited, man. We got Kendrick Davis with us today. Kendrick made massive news yesterday, man, coming out of the NBA draft process, and he is committed to playing for Penny Hardaway in the University of Memphis Tigers. Kendrick, what's up, man? And how you doing, baby? Man, I'm great, dude. I'm great. Thanks for joining me, man. On a Saturday morning getting out of the bed you're in houston right now thank you for joining me man i really appreciate it man appreciate you for having me i actually been up for a little minute i got a i got a uh, 11 month old son so oh man i saw him yesterday dude he's a cute he, he's a he's a cute kid man tell me about your son like how how much did he change your life bro uh we actually just got back from the gym uh, he coming out with me in the gym crawl i let him crawl around the gym play with the balls but i mean I've always been kind of low-key. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do nothing. I don't club. I don't party. So, I mean, having him, it made it even more locked in. Like, all I do is sit at home, watch TV. I might take him to jump world to the gym with me, come back home, chill, play the game. Uh, just make – I mean, it just make your life easier. I mean, you're able to, you know, just buckle down and focus on your dream. And then I see him and it make me go even harder. That's right, man. I got a I got a ten year old little girl and a eight year old son. So oh. I get it, man. Like you want to talk about instant maturity, bro. When you're responsible for somebody else, yeah, it it's takes wild. Level. It's another level, man. So yesterday was a big day. Obviously, um, you announced you're pulling out of the draft, coming to Memphis this year. Obviously, man, Penny has had a lot of success in recruiting since he's been here at Memphis. Um, two number one classes, you know, getting number one players in, in, in those respective classes each year. Um, but when you announced, Kendrick, that you were committing to Memphis, it was – I think Memphis's mind was blown in terms of what this means. And I've, I've, I've heard – numerous people say that this might be the best recruiting job getting Kendrick Davis to come to Memphis from um, out of out of the transfer portal is the biggest thing he's done as a recruiter at the University of Memphis do you agree with that like what are your thoughts on that like why why is this such a big deal uh I I, I would not let y'all decide if that I mean I'm gonna let my play decide it but uh 
I can see why people say that. Uh, I mean, no disrespect to James Wiseman, Precious Chua, but you know, them guys are bigs. You know, you got to get them the ball, the ball in my hands. And um, I was just able to show I can win at a level and put up numbers at the same time and win at a high level. Um, I was just able to do it against Memphis a lot. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of, they, they familiar. But um, besides Memphis that, fans are very, very familiar with what you can do on the court, bro. <laughs> yeah. But besides that, I mean, I just showcased it nationally, and um, I just know I can win games at a high level. I mean, Penny was a point. I'm a point. So I mean, it just it just made sense. Absolutely. So, what was this process like for you, being in the draft uh, process this year, going to going to uh, you know meetings and workouts and things like that? Like, what kind of what was this process for you in the NBA with the NBA draft process this year? Man, it was crazy. Uh, last year I flirted around, really didn't do too much. Uh, this year it was crazy. Uh, I got mixed emotions. Someone was telling me I could be a second round pick. Some teams were telling me you come back and you can make your way a first rounder. Uh, I mean, I just got mixed emo. I got mixed um, evaluation. Everybody liked me though. Um, Everybody felt I was ready to contribute right away to what I bring to a team. And um, I just felt like the year with Penny could put me at a first-round pick. And uh, I just wanted to be able to showcase what I could show. Did, did you get any kind of input from coaches and scouts and GMs about, like, what it is they're looking for? Like, your player of the year in your conference, you're a clearly a high-level contributor, high-level top dog on on a on a high level basketball program at SMU. Did did these guys tell you like, hey, this is what we need to see from you this year? Uh yeah. Uh so my sophomore, my sophomore and junior year, well my sophomore year I led the the conference and top five in the country in assists. Last year I led the conference in scoring and assists. And this year I led the conference in scoring. Uh so I was able to show I could pass and I can um, score. Um, I think I averaged like one, almost two steals a game. So I was able to show my hands, and they just wanted to see more, more winning on that stage. Uh, you know, SMU, we didn't have the best schedule, I would say, until we got into conference, until um, we played y'all in Houston. But not just that, uh, I didn't come back for the stats. I mean, I didn't show I could do that. I came back to win at a high level and um, show I could really bring a big-time championship to the city of Memphis and kind of do what Davion Mitchell, Jerry Butler, all them guys did at Baylor, uh, even the North Carolina crew this year, and just show I could lead the team to to the biggest heights. Man, that's awesome. I know I know Memphis fans are excited to hear that. Um, so in this whole decision-making process that you went through um, – I'm sure there's a lot of late night conversations with your with your camp, with your people, with your family. Um, pros and cons list, you know, et cetera, all those different things. But ultimately, like, what was the deciding factor for you to, to decide to come back out and finish your college career at Memphis? Uh, just knowing my work. Last year, I let the conference going in the season. People were telling me, Ah, oh, you should leave. It don't get no better than that. Uh, you should leave. Like, how much better could you do? I think I shot like 38 from the three, 90 from the line, like 48 from two. They was like, oh, you don't get no better than that. 
And I told him, it's, I can get better now. I ain't Michael Jordan. I can't get better. And I was able to show that this year. And um, just trust in my work. Um, just believing in Penny. Believing that the city of Memphis got my back. And um, had a lot of talks with Desmond Bain. Uh, a lot of talks with Ja. A lot of talks with my mom and my camp, my uncle Corey. And um, we just thought me coming back there could solidify me as a first round picking. And uh, you can't pass that opportunity up as long as you keep going first and just work hard. And we know that's what you do, man. You're a hard worker. So all yeah. those things, all you can all you can control is your hard work, right? Yeah, that's it. Everything else is on the fly. Right. So tell me about, uh, you grew up in Houston, Texas. You grew up in the Fifth Ward, um, up in the north side of Houston. Tell me about your history growing up playing ball. Like, I know Texas football's huge. Baseball's big down there. Basketball's big, obviously. In Texas, everything is huge sports-wise. Like, everybody – it's a, it's, a, it's, a it's a great state for, for sports. But how did – grow up in Houston, when did you start playing ball and when did you realize that, yo, one day I could probably get paid to do this? Man, took me a little later than most kids because I was smaller. Uh, I didn't hit my growth spurt to like the 11th grade, and that still wasn't a spurt. But uh, I was always a YouTube like sensation kid coming up, you know, had handles. Uh, I was good. I think I was good from the age of six. And when I got to, I want to say the seventh, eighth grade, I had been with my uncle, Coach Mingo, for the Houston Hawks my whole life. And when I got to the eighth grade, um, all the shoe teams start calling. And when they start calling, that was the year De'Aaron Fox, uh, wow. Jeff Bill, all them dudes reached out to me. And um, De'Aaron Fox came on camera and said, I was the best guard he ever played against. Wow. And kind of sunk in like, man, this dude finna be a top 10 pick. That mean, I really can play. And that, uh, that was my 10th grade year. After that, I kind of locked in and knew, all right, I got a chance. If he's telling me I got a chance, I'm here. Wow. De'Aaron Fox, man, that's crazy. That's yeah. a crazy story. Yeah. At that I mean, time, you... biggest, he was a senior. Uh, we had to play them to get the state. And um, nobody knew who I was. So when we played them, I think I had 30, and we won. Everybody looked like, who is this little kid? I was about eight, five, nine at the time. And uh, Darren Fox came up to me after the game and was like, where the cameras at? You need to tell y'all this the best guard coming out the city. And everybody like, and then after that, I mean, my life just took off. I mean, do you remember that game, though? I mean, I know you have to remember that game. But yeah, yeah. leading up to that game, playing against De'Aaron Fox, like what was that? How did you like mindset wise? Like, how did you lock in on that kind of a situation? Did you know this is the this is my chance to prove who I am? Man, to be honest, uh, so my team, nobody on our team was over six three, so nobody expected us to even get to the game before state. We had been beating teams back to back to back. Uh, the second round of the playoffs, at that time, we had knocked out JJ Cartwell, who was a big time recruit, and um. Uh, Everybody started wondering, like, who is this? Who is these kids? Like, so when we got to the game to get the state, 
I still remember it. Everybody, I woke up in the morning. We played them around four or five to get to stay. I woke up in the morning. Everybody was outside my house like it was a party. So, wow. Yeah, it's this serious. I'm a 10th grader at the time. I don't know. Uh, everybody outside my house, the the whole community, Fifth Ward, like it's, it's huge to them. Like, man, you finna play the best guard in the city in the last 30 years and to get to the state championship. To me, I'm like, dang, like I'm nervous. I'm scared, anxiety. The game ain't even here. It's early in the morning, everybody outside. So we get to the school, the whole community outside the school. We get to the gym and warm up. And um, I'm just, uh, I'm nervous. Yeah. When we start playing, I think I hit him with a move. He was guarding me. I was kind of nervous. I hit him with a move, and he bit for it. And after that, my confidence rose sky high, and we end up we end up beating him by I want to say fifteen. And uh, my life changed after that. Going into that summer, everybody was talking about me. Is that when the is that when the shoe company started calling? Was after that game? Uh, no, nah, they had been calling, but. They, they thought I had a chance to be good. When I showed them that, that's when it really started right. going crazy. Like, everybody was calling, like, yeah. other shoe teams from other cities, uh, Oak Hill, Monteverde, like, but, yeah, game, wow. my stuff took off. Man, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, you kind of alluded to this earlier, and I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into it, but you talked about um, – the point guard role. And I wanted to discuss that with you because, I mean, it's 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 very clear to me at this point that, um, you know, Penny's been here for four years and you are the best – and this is no shot to Alex Lomax because we, we love Alex Lomax and what it's, he can do on the court. Yeah. Um, but it's clear to me that in terms of a high-level point guard that, that can score, can pass, can – um, lead a team that you're you're the guy you're the you're going to be the best player that Penny has ever had in that position since he's been here at Memphis. Um, and I would say that you know the the common thing is, is that quarterback in in the NFL is the most important position in all of all of sports. But the point guard has become very quickly in basketball like a must have, like you have to have a solid point guard. You have to have a point guard who, who understands the game, who's an extension of the coach on the floor. Um, for you as a point guard, what part of your role as the point guard do you, what do you find the most satisfying um, when it's running at an effective level? Like what part of your role as a point guard do you find the most satisfying to play? Uh, making everybody happy. Uh, yeah, you're right. The point guard is like the quarterback. You got to feed everybody. Uh, that's the most difficult, but it's also the most funnest. Um, and also being able to take all the blame. When things go bad, you get all the blame. And when things go good, you get all the glory. But you got to take the glory with the with the shame. Uh, I like I like being able to say it's my bad. And I also like being able to feed my teammates. So uh, I'm selfless. Whatever it takes to win, I do it. Whether it takes five steals, whether it takes 20 assists, whether it takes five points, I'm willing to do it. And um, being a point guard, the ball is like a magnet. Like once everybody touch it, it brings energy. 
So uh, I like to see everybody happy. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The AAC, I think, is is criminally, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Is criminally underappreciated nationally for the play that that happens in there. I mean, you look at the league, and I mean, everybody's beating up on everybody else in the AAC. I mean, it's a tough, like it's it's really difficult to go through the AAC and win, um, to go undefeated or to you know. At any given moment, based on the matchups, like I honestly feel like that last year's Tigers team was a better, like Houston was a better matchup for the Tigers team than SMU was. Like y'all were the SMU team from last year gave Memphis the most trouble out of, and I mean obviously beat the brakes off the Tigers in in the FedEx Forum, but I mean you guys were matchup wise really really tough to play against um but you've had some pretty um, interesting matchups against point guards in the AAC you know Marcus Sasser Jamal Shedd Alex Lomax from Memphis um and then the kid from Tulane the Jalen is it Jalen Jalen Cook Jalen Cook yeah my little bro man that dude is oh god he's so good um but what did you see out there on the floor playing against Memphis over the last couple of years like, what did you see out there on the floor during your battles with ALO, the battles with um, the Memphis team that that made you decide, like, hey, this would be a good place for me to further my college career at? What was it like for you playing against that those Memphis teams? What did you see from the game plans, all that stuff? Uh, they always made it the toughest, if I would say the hardest team to – to get loose on, uh, I would say it was Penny. He threw different looks at me, whether it was two guys, whether it was three. Um, and then sometimes I would struggle, but I loved it because he made me use my brain. He made me kind of become a better player. Like uh, some games I would get off and uh, he would adjust the next game. Or 
if I did something good at this game here, just, you know, just like the NBA, he was an NBA guy. So he understand each game, different schemes for different players. And um, we talk about this all the time. He was like, I knew if you got one to go in, it was over. So we made sure to do two at you, three at you. We had to just make sure whoever else, you wasn't going to beat us. It was like, we failed to do that the first two times we played y'all this year. He was like, in a tournament, we made sure you were not going to beat us. And um, it made me look back at that game. And I was like, man, I should have gotten to my moves quick because every time I size up, they came. And um, it just made, it just brought the best out of me. I was able to, you know, study games. I mean, every team would try to follow what Penny would do to slow me down, but everybody don't have Jalen Duran. So, uh, you know, everybody don't have them. So it made it a lot easier. But for sure, like, I love the men's matchups. Uh, made me want to come there. Just seeing how smart his brain is. And uh, with my talent, I just thought it couldn't go wrong. That's right. Um, man, I've watched – I'm a basketball junkie, so I've watched – obviously a lot of film of you over the last couple of years at SMU. And I think it's safe to say that you are probably one of the best tough shot makers in college basketball. Um, and what I mean by that is like, you look at, if you play a video where you're bringing the ball up the floor, press, press pause on that video, right when you're coming across half court or even making your first move everybody's eyes, all five of the defenders' eyes were on you the entire time. Like you're there there is no, hey, let me let me make sure that this dude's not gonna like, I gotta keep an eye on him. No, it's everybody's eyes, no matter where you were on the floor, people were keyed in on where Kendrick Davis is. Where is he on this floor? We gotta keep our eyes on him. And so because of that, you're you're it was crazy because like no matter what move you make, you had multiple guys blitzing you. You had you know, when in pick and roll coverage schemes, it was all about getting the ball out of your hands. It wasn't about making sure that the ball, um, that, you know, the pick and popper or whoever it was, it was about, let's get the ball out of Kendrick's hands as quick as possible. Um, but if you, the tough shot side of it is no matter what was going on, your ability to get your shot off, your ability to get the right pass to the right guy, your ability to, um, shoot over tall, like big defenders, your ability to do all those different things, your ability to make those shots is really, really, really impressive. And one of the best I've seen in college basketball in a long time. Um, I wanted to ask you a question about those kinds of plays though. Like how much of that for you is f a feelings thing? Like, do you feel it out there on the court? How much of that is game plan? Like, do you come into the game knowing like, this is what they're going to do, and this is what I need to make sure that they don't stop me? Or is it, man, I'm just kind of – I'm out here in the moment feeling it and all those things. What is it? Is it more so feelings or is it more for, more so game plan? Uh, Shout out to my coach, Coach Jankovic, uh, offensive guru. When right. I say offensive guru, uh, one of the best. Right. Uh, yeah. But we kind of knew – our playbook would have to change game to game because I would see different schemes. So he kept me ready for uh for me as a kid. I was just going out there like, man, I'm finna hoop. I'm finna hoop, get it on. But it wasn't that for me no more. Uh, 
every every game we had to have different schemes in our playbook to throw different stuff that teams could, like you said, they would trap and uh, get the ball out of my hands and then face go on me to where I couldn't get it back. So we had different schemes for that. Uh, if they put bigger defenders on me, we had different schemes for that where we just clear out the floor. Because like you said, I could shoot it from everywhere. And uh, I, I, I rarely, rarely make a mistake. I'm willing to give the right, make the right play, and I'm willing to, you know, take it all. So when they put bigger defenders on me, we spread the floor. No, we don't need a pick for that. Uh, like, I mean, it just changed from game to game. I mean, I've seen every coverage. I've seen the traps. I've seen the hard hedges. Uh, I've seen low shows. I didn't seen them put six, six wings on me. Uh, I've seen it all, but my coach kept me ready like two days before the game here, Tim A. We finna play Memphis. Uh, I think Penny gonna throw a trap at you. You know, whether it's a screen or not, I think he coming. So I think if you get off the ball early in the game, it'll open up late in the game or late in the half. And I, and I trusted him enough to believe in it. Uh, and it always worked more than that, what he told me. i never forget. Um, we played Vanderbilt. <clears throat> we played Vanderbilt at home, and um, they trapped me every chance they got in the first half. Like, I couldn't even look at the rim every time I touched it. And we were down 12 at half. I think I maybe had four points. And he's like, you made the right play. Now watch this. And I think I exploded for like 20. Right. Second half. But it was because they were so scared of the right reads I was making. I was steady making that pocket pass, steady making it, steady making it to the point where they was like, okay, we can't give that all game. And um, I had several games like that where it would be four, five points at halftime because the team trapped me in second half, it all changed. So, I mean, my coach, Jank, had a, a great game plan for us, just wrinkles in it just to get me loose. How good does it feel to be in that flow, right, where you are to be that kind of player where your mindset is, I'm going to impact and affect the game, even if it's not in the scoring way. Like, everybody looks to box score. How many points did Kendrick score? Uh, it's a good game, bad game. Novices look at that stuff. But when you are – when you're in that flow and you're like – I mean, because you know how long of a game it is. You're like, man, I'm, I'm literally toying with you. I'm playing with my food right now. Like, I know that if I keep making the right plays, the right decisions, the right pass, the right pocket passes, the right kickouts, whatever – in the second half, I got you because you think you because you already know I can do that. Now I'm about to get you on this other side, shooting the ball, going to the basket. How good does it feel to be able to toy with people like that? Uh, I had great teammates who who believed in me. Uh, it also came from maturity, just being in that stage a long time. Um, but I had great teammates like uh, Zach, the Weathers, uh, right. Let's go on and on, but they wanted me to be aggressive. Uh, right. they, ain't no trap stop you. Like, if I had five points at half, they'd be like, Katie, in order for us to win, you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to get aggressive. And, you know, I had great teammates like that. Uh, UCF game, I had, I think, two points at halftime. And we were up two, and they was in the halftime, like, happy. Like, man, you ain't even did nothing. We up two. And I exploded for 18 at half, and um, and we ended up winning by 20. And like, we don't be worried. Like, so I had great teammates who knew the, you know, they knew, and um, 
I mean, I'm a player where I work so hard. You won't never see me take a shot I didn't work on. So uh, once I see one go in, it don't matter if you put six, eight, six, nine. Once I see one go in, it's kind of pretty much a wrap. Even Penny said it like, once you see one go in, it's kind of, it, I get nervous. Do you even see the defender? Or do you just have, you've got so much muscle memory and muscle, you know, habits with your practice and your work ethic and all that. Do you even see the defender? You said a six eight guy guarding you. I don't care if a six eight six nine guy's guarding me. Do you even see the guy? Uh, not no more. I used to, uh, but muscle memory that kind of cleared it out. I, sh- I I make twenty five hundred shots a day, and um, I do it with a defender on me. My trainer Nor- Norris Isaac guards me like, and he's six four, and uh, I make. 24, 2,500 shots a day. So when I get in the game, it kind of be feeling like this it. Like this, this is light work. This is light work. Yeah, only a hand up. Wow. Like, I, like it. So, I mean, it just come from work. You just got to work consistently because two years ago last year, that the length would have bothered me. But right. now, I mean, I'm mature. I'm older to where I can shoot over any hand. Right. So obviously this year there's there's a lot of questions about the Memphis Tiger roster. Um, you know, obviously bringing back um, DeAndre and Lester, possibly. You know, we don't know. They haven't decided yet whether or not they're going to come out of the draft process or not and come back to Memphis. Um, but let's assume that Lester and DeAndre uh, are coming back. With Lester and DeAndre and the addition of of you out there on the floor, man, that's a nice core. Of, I mean, that's a good core of players right there. Um, what as you've played against them, played against the Tigers team, how do you see yourself elevating the the guys on this roster um, to the next level in terms of their development? I, uh, everywhere I go, I win. Kind of like Chris Paul um, with the Suns. Like everywhere you go, he win. He might not win the biggest thing but he changed the program around absolutely ace i'm not changing the program around i'm just trying to win at a higher level uh but hopefully last will come back hopefully deandre come back but i mean we got other we got other things in the work uh, that's gonna get done of course come on now but uh yeah like we'll be fine we'll be we'll be top 25 and we'll be we'll be rolling let me ask you this uh, off topic real quick. What'd you think about Pat Bev on ESPN talking about Chris Paul? What, uh, what, did I, you th- what'd you think of his statements, man? Man, I, I, I'm, I'm big on staying out of um, business. I'm big on that, <laughs> but I will say it was kind of, it was kind of touching because, uh, I love Pat Bev dog and fight. Uh, oh, yeah. he, he paved the way for dudes like me, but also Chris Paul did too. So, uh, I would have loved to see him give a little more respect, but right. I mean, it's Pat Bell. That's how he make his money. So I respect a man that got to take care of his family. Respect to both of them, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Paul, a goat, though. He's a goat. That man, yeah. uh, you know, Memphis. Oh man, like you can't expect the world out of him. I mean, Luca, I played him. Luca, a bad boy. But uh, you played against Luca? Nah, I never did. But he a bad boy. Um, Chris right. Paul. Lane though, if anything, DB 
DeAndre Aiden should. I mean, they 23, 24. Right. He's 37 out there, I mean. Uh, Memphis fans have a – Memphis Grizzlies fans have a long history with Chris Paul with the Clippers, man. Those Blake Griffin, Chris yeah. Paul. Them grind days. Them grit and grind days, man. So, it's funny, man. Like, Chris Paul is like – like, people in Memphis are like, we hate Chris Paul, but we love Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All at the same time. you. You gotta respect the game, man. Like you gotta respect his game. Yeah, nah, nah. He's he paved the way for dudes, man. Without him, it wouldn't be no knees. It wouldn't be. Right. It wouldn't be a lot of. It wouldn't be a lot. A point guard probably wouldn't even exist no more if he wasn't. He keep it alive. Chris Paul keep the point guard alive. He shows that more than points and assists affect your culture. Just, I mean, you gotta you gotta respect it. And he only six feet doing. It. Six feet, man. It's crazy. He's the he's the little guy's guy, man. Everybody's like, okay, we if he can do it, we can do it. Trey Young and Ja, them two, them my guys. So I love Chris Paul. I love watching him, but Trey Young and Ja Morant, them two minds. I feel you, bro. Trey Young is so nice, man. And Ja, obviously, we love Ja, but Trey ja, Young is Ja that guy, man. Man, you ain't lying. Memphis ain't never had a guy. Especially for the Grizzlies, it's never had a guy that you could legitimately say this dude could win us a championship. And now we got one for the Tigers too. Like that's what I think most people are so excited about is you want like the the Memphis fans are so basketball crazy that the basketball gods have kind of been cruel to us over the years. And when the Memphis Grizzlies are good, the Tigers have had down years. When the Tigers have been really good, the Grizzlies have had down years. And now it's like, oh, my God. Now we got John Morant with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then, damn, Kendrick Davis is with the Tigers. Like, what does this mean? Like, have the basketball gods, are they shining on the Tigers, right? The, the city of Memphis right now. Yeah, I, I guess so. We'll see. Uh, hopefully that's what it is. Uh, I'm going to just work, keep putting my head down and work. And I know Jai is. Uh, we'll be in the gym this summer together, though. Hopefully hopefully we have two great years. And um Turn the city up. It, the city will be absolutely turned if the Grizzlies and the Tigers are both really, <laughs> really good this year. That's going to be crazy. Um, so I want to ask you a question real quick. Last couple of questions. Um, notoriously, over the last four years, Penny's teams have um, kind of gotten off the slow starts. You know, they've won a couple of games and then kind of gone on a little bit of a a stretch where they've had some struggles and a lot of it is due to the continuity of the roster kind of late roster developments you know things like that and then obviously man the last two years has been COVID stuff so it's like the pandemic has played a massive role in getting guys into the city doing these different kinds of things like you know the the roster coming together late so the Penny's teams have always had really good end of the years over the last four years. Like they've really, really done well at the end of the year, but I've kind of dug themselves a little bit of a hole at the beginning to the point where it's like, there's a lot to climb out of. I mean, I think if most, I think most college basketball guys would say the Tigers were better than a, than a, a non-seed last year. They were better than that. But the beginning part of the year kind of put them in a tough spot. Um, how do you, as the point guard, as the extension of the coach, man? How do you how do you kind of help that? Like, how do you 
work through that and 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 try to make sure that doesn't happen again this year? Man, first you start off by being coachable. Uh, they see the best player on the team able to get coached and pushed, then it, it leaves no excuse. Uh, secondly, just letting everybody in that locker room and the staff know I got their back. Um, just so, you know, everybody know it's, it's genuine. It ain't forced. Uh, but third, I tell Penny all the time, man, and me and, me and Coach Jank had this relationship. Coach Jank knew I was going to win him 10 games easy, just off it being my night. He always said it like, we look at our we look at our schedule and we had 30 games. He said, I know 10 for sure we won. Just off of you just having that night. Now the, the other 10, we might have to gird and grind. And the other 10, I mean, you might not win them. You know, just some days another team had them nights where you just, it's nothing you can do to stop them. Uh, but just, I mean, we just, that's what the summer's here for. Uh, just get to know each other earlier on and off the floor. I uh, got a kind of got a good relationship with you know Lester, DeAndre, the Lawsons, uh, Malcolm. You know I kind of got a good relationship with them because I mean played against them three years, grew up in the city with DeAndre, so kind of you know I knew Diedrich too, so kind of like knew you know I knew them, so I, mean, I think we'd be I think we'd be fine. Uh, we're not trying to start off slow. They trying to get it going and rolling it, man. We ain't trying to lose a game, honestly. Right. Yeah. On the game, thinking, oh, we might lose this one. Nah, we we want to win every one. So absolutely, I love that though. That those kind of level, those kind of behind the scenes conversations between a point guard and a coach. Like off the rip, we know we got ten games because of you, right? Yeah. Like we know we can put ten games in the column just because of you. That's hella interest interesting. Like that's crazy to me that those are. <laughs> That's like any that mean any great player, you kinda are right, like you know with LeBron you're gonna win 20, 30 games because right. he's gonna have them nights. But what about the ones where he's having them nights, but also they got another dude on the other end got them nights. Right. So I mean, we're gonna be fun. It's gonna be interesting. I mean going for back to back player of the years is gonna be interesting. So I got a couple more questions for you that are that are fan questions. They want to kind of get to know uh, Kendrick Davis just a little bit more. Um, if you could only watch one movie and listen to one album for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh wow, you put me on the spot with that one. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, one album, one movie. One album. Ooh, one album, one album. I would have to go NBA Young Boy. Riller, his album Riller. I remember that me and D Bane turned up to that one in Hawaii. Right. Riller. And um one movie. Ooh, one movie. You can only watch this. You can only watch this movie for the rest. This is the only movie you can watch for the rest of your life. Shotters. Say that again. Shotters. It's a movie called Shotters. It's H O T T A S. Where I've never heard of that movie. What what is that? Who's in that? Uh, I, I honestly don't know who's in it. <laughs> right, but it's a great movie. But when you get off here, go watch Shotas. Okay, hey Tiger fans, as you're listening to this, go and find Shotas. S H O T T A S. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, 
And that's the movie that Kendrick will watch. If he could only watch one movie for the rest of his life, that's it. All right, so how do you how do you decompress from basketball? I know you're a basketball junkie. I know you play basketball. What's a hobby you enjoy if you just need to take a break for a second? A hobby? Man, you bet like you say, I eat, sleep, live basketball. That's my problem a little bit. I eat. But um obviously I got a child, so I'm with him. Um but I like you're a, the, you're, you're a parent. You ain't got time for hobbies, right? Nah, I mean, I do. My mom my mom helps me out a lot. Uh, if I had a hobby, I would love to go swimming. Like, I love swimming. I love swimming, so I'm, I like water. Really? Yeah. I'm not do a you, good I just like swimming. So do you actually, like, are you a – like, do you like to get on boats? Do you like to jet ski? Do you like, like to do all, like all of jet skiing, boats, canoeing, uh, regular swimming? I like it all. All right, Memphis fans, if you own a lake, don't. Hey, d- word of advice: don't try to do any of that in the Mississippi River. Don't do that. Oh, <laughs> I, won't, I won't be in a Memphis jersey. You got any uh, last words, man? I know. Um, yesterday was a huge day announcing you're coming out of the draft um, draft process, coming to play for University of Memphis. Man, Memphis fans are excited to hear from you. These are your first words to them after you made that announcement. What do you want to say to Memphis fans as they're here in this podcast today? Man, I just want to tell all Memphis fans we're going to be fine. Uh, I'm here. I'm ready to – what Jai did to the city, I'm ready to do the same uh, – Coming for back-to-back player of the years, I'm ready to, you know, turn the crowd up. I heard the boos uh, in my last three years, but I'm here to, I'm here to change it. Um, had a crowd going crazy. I'm here to win every game. Uh, actually, this year in Moody, we went 18 and 0. We didn't lose a game in Moody, so I think I only lost three games my whole career, four games my whole career in Moody. So uh, I'm not used to losing. Uh, try to win back-to-back player of the years for the city and um, just turn the city up. I'll give you what the Grizzlies gave you all this year, and hopefully next year you can have both Grizzlies and Tigers. But, um, man, I can't wait to get started, and uh, I'll be there June 1st. Oh, wow. You're going to be here quick. Yeah. That's what's up. Okay, so you're coming into town on June 1st. Yeah. Okay. Dope, man. Hey, Kendrick, thank you, man, for real, for joining me. I know it's early on Saturday. I know you've been up for a minute, but thank you for joining me. And um, I know Memphis fans are going to be excited to hear from you um, after your announcement that you're coming, that you've made the decision to come out of the draft and are coming to Memphis. And, um, man, it's, it's going to be a good year, man. I know you've heard some boos from Memphis fans. Now now you're going to re- realize um, – Man, once you put that blue on, bro, it's a different story, man. It's a different story. Man, but nah, I appreciate you for having me. And uh, go Tigers, go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers and 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a rating and a comment wherever you download your podcast. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, head over to www.gotigers247.com. 
Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.